Welcome to the Think Money Podcast, the number one podcast for growing your business or side hustle. I'm your host, Logan Stevens. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Whether you want to scale your business or grow your income, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are starting a new series on the podcast called Etsy Entrepreneurs. Etsy is an online platform where handmade goods and supplies can be sold by entrepreneurs. This is the first episode of the series, and today we will be interviewing a businesswoman who has her own business, website, and Etsy shop. Hello, Bethany. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. So Bethany is the CEO and founder of Free Rain Farms. She sells handmade and homemade soaps, candles, surface cleaners, shampoos, conditioners, and even dog treats. These products are unique because they are made out of ingredients that are good for your skin and body. For example, the bar soaps contain mostly fresh goat milk, which can help dry skin, sensitive skin, and acne. On her website, you can select products from oily skin, sensitive skin, dry skin, and more. You can learn more about the ingredients used in these items and purchase her products on our website at freerainfarm.com or on our Etsy shop, and you can search that up, Free Rain Farm. We'll get into all the product specifics and ingredients later in the show, but Bethany, where did you grow up? Uh, I actually grew up in the Midwest. So you grew up on a farm, is that correct? Actually, that is not correct. That's an assumption that most people make, Um, but I am actually the daughter of two city slickers who lived in town and didn't have any pets. And I, from the moment that I could talk, started talking about trying to put a farm in our backyard. Oh, that's awesome. So on your website, it says that you, at a young age, you made cheese and rode, um, like, did you eventually move into a farm? What I did growing up was uh, borrow a lot of farms. Um, I paid to board animals on other people's farm. Um, I spent a lot of time at friends' farms. Um, I spent a lot of time, uh, I did horses, I boarded a horse. Um, I had, I was homeschooled. And so a lot of my friends in the homeschool community were actually Amish or Mennonite, and I spent a lot of time on their farms. So even though I was the oddball in that my parents lived in the city and were not farmers uh, vocationally, I spent as much time on farms as I could possibly get and learned all of those skills. Oh, that's awesome. So you were fascinated by farming, and did you ever, were you ever finding ways to make money as a kid, or was it just being on the farm? Oh, constantly. Um, There was always something that I had my hand in, whether it was growing vegetables or growing flowers or uh, raising animals to sell. If there was a way to try and and make money at it as a kid, I found it because farming is an expensive hobby. And once you start, it uh, kind of needs its own 
support and there aren't too many ways for a teenager to make a lot of money so yeah so what motivated what motivated you to make money as a kid uh, the biggest thing for me was my parents did not have money. They didn't have expendable income. And if I wanted to do things, they never told me no. They said, that's fine, but you're going to have to find a way to pay for it. And for me, that was all the motivation I needed. It was like, as long as you're not telling me no, the sky's the limit. It just means I have to work to get there. And I was fine with that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So were you aware of the benefits of all the things like on the farm like goat milk at the time or was that more of your husband no that definitely came a lot later uh, I think I took a lot of the stuff that I did as a teenager for granted I, that was just the way that things were and and that's what all my friends did so that's what I did um, it wasn't until after I had gotten married and knew that I wanted to pursue that lifestyle because I had now seen what life was outside of it and combined with some of his, uh, you know, medical knowledge and he's got a background in chemistry and uh, uh, medicine, nursing degree, um, we started to realize that you know, what I knew to taste better and be better was actually scientifically better and had ways to, to really prove the, the effectiveness of it and tweak some of the things to make sure that we got the maximum benefit out of them. And that's really what took this from, you know, farming because it's good for you to more of a, a scientific why it's good for you and really getting the maximum benefit out of these products. That's great. So did you and your husband know that you wanted to start a business or how did that come up? That came totally by accident. Um, he was working uh, in ICU nursing. Um, he had a good job. I was at home uh, working with foster kids at the time. And we were just trying to solve a problem for him. And that was working in an ICU. Every time you go in and out of a room, you have to put alcohol hand sanitizer on. Well, that might be 40, 50 times per shift. And all his skin up and he was cracking and bleeding. And that's really what started us down the road of, hey, I got to find something to fix his hands. And it didn't have anything to do with the business initially. Um, but my husband is a talker. And so when we found the goat milk soap and that it worked so well on his hands, of course, he would go to work and tell everybody else. And the next thing you know, word spreads. Oh, yeah. So can you explain why you believe in creating these products that contain essential oils? And I know you just said um, the story about your husband, but all these other things like non-GMO, sulfate-free, soy-free, is it because you want to give these products to a larger audience? for those who want these certain benefits or what is the reasoning behind it? Uh, a lot of it has to do with, with our personal belief system on what is beneficial for ourselves and the environment. Um, I have a, a lot of people that ask me to make certain things, but if it contradicts what we, what our beliefs are on these things, we won't do it. So 
Um, we are GMO free because uh, genetically modified crops encourage farmers to dump bucket loads of uh, pesticides and herbicides on the ground that wouldn't normally have it. And what that does is get into the environment, it depletes the soil, it gets into the runoff water, it kills fish, uh, it hurts aquatic life, it hurts uh, all kinds of things. So the decision to, to move away from anything that was genetically modified um, really came for that reason. We didn't want to you know, be supporting an industry that is causing that, that sort of wholesale destruction of the natural ecosystem. Um, same thing with essential oils versus the uh, synthetics. Uh, when you're putting things on your skin, uh, your skin absorbs that stuff uh, very readily. And essential oils don't contain the formaldehydes and the phthalates and yeah. all of these, all of these other chemicals that are really causing, uh, you know, toxic loads to be high in people. They're also causing uh, allergic reactions. A lot of times things like eczema, uh, psoriasis, dermatitis, a lot of those things are either directly or indirectly caused by or certainly irritated by a lot of those, those ingredients. And so we went looking for ways to make things that had ingredients that I was okay with putting on my body and on my kids. And those are the things that we chose to sell, make and sell. Yeah. And that's great. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. And that's great that you guys have these affordable products to people who agree and believe in the same things that you guys believe in. So mm -hmm. I looked on your website and I was reading a little bit about your mission. And I read that you donate to heal foster children. And you also donate goat milk to third world countries that need it. Can you tell us a little bit about your overall mission and donations? So we, we donate goat milk soap to third world countries. They won't let us ship goat milk, obviously, um, but we donate goat milk soap to third world countries uh, through a program called Samaritan's Purse. Um, you know, a good soap and, and the ability to, to clean and good hygiene is something that we feel should be for everyone. Um, when we make this product, there's a lot of imperfections. There's imperfect bars, there's end pieces, et cetera. And rather than throw all of that away, um, we end up donate, donating several hundred pounds of it every year for them to distribute in their Operation Christmas Child boxes um, that go to children in need all over the world. Um, as far as foster care, uh, Youth Villages is the foster care support agency that we donate to. Um, foster care is something that's very, very close to, to our hearts. Um, before my husband and I got married, we felt called into foster care. Um, we have been foster parents off and on for almost 10 years. Um, we've adopted three kids out of foster care. Um, had, I can't even count how many others through our home. Um, so that's, that's just something that we have always felt your kids get a really bad rap. And it's agencies like Youth Villages that are working with those kids directly to get them what they need to be successful in life. And also to provide support to the families who are trying to 
you know, work with these kids who may have a lot of trauma or a lot of damage and they, they need extra care, they need extra support. And Youth Villages does a great job of working with both the child and the family to try to keep, keep everything as, as level as possible. Yeah, that is really awesome. So you are, I mean, some companies um, don't do these things and don't donate. And I really like how you guys believe in donating and supporting these um, charities and, and giving back to them. So you have an Etsy shop and a website. What percent of the revenue is from Etsy and what percent is the website? You don't have to tell me the number. Like how much you make, just, I'm wondering, I'm curious. Well, we also wholesale our products. And oh, so okay. at this point, 50, we are 50% wholesale and 50% retail. Um, the, of the retail, half of it runs through our storefront here in Elizabethan. Um, the other half is online. Um, in online, uh, Etsy and our website are split 50-50, like oh, right wow. down the middle. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So how do you market the products? Is it through honestly, Instagram? Or? Honestly, honestly, that has changed radically in the last, uh, in the last year and a half. So typically we did a lot of online, uh, social media advertising, um, to the point that we were spending a, a gross amount of money uh, with social media advertising. And then a year ago, almost exactly, it was last October, uh, Facebook deleted our account, claimed that it violated some sort of a, a rule which we could never find, they could never tell us, uh, there was no verification. Uh, we appealed it three times and they took everything. This was an account that we had spent over $50,000 promoting um, and we wow. lost it all. Um, so after going through that ordeal and realizing that, you know, here I've paid for all these followers and all of this, uh, you know, this marketing and it can literally be taken away for absolutely no reason and no explanation and there is no recourse. Um, we really seriously changed gears on our marketing and said, you know, we're not, we're not going to do this again, because how do I know that the account's going to be there tomorrow, you know? Um, yeah. So we rebuilt uh, a very basic uh, social media presence. And then we have really put our efforts advertising wise into um, reaching people through events, reaching people through our store. Uh, rewarding our customer base for word of mouth advertising, um, incentivizing them to give gifts to their friends who then get a discount code. Um, and honestly, that has been probably the, the most fruitful advertising that we've ever done. Um, we're, we're kind of in a transition mode right now, but for the first two years that we were on Etsy, we actually sent a free gift to in every order, in every box, but the gift wasn't for the buyer. It was prepackaged for them to give away to someone else and bless someone else. Oh, wow. And that really changed everything um, because, you know, when you're being given something, you automatically go, oh, this is neat. What is this? And of course, the tag would talk a little bit about our company and how. Uh, we were blessed by being able to fulfill an order for their friend. And so now their friend gets to give them something. And 
that worked beautifully. And so, like I say, we're in transition right now, trying to, to tweak that a little bit, but um, that's definitely something we're going to be going back to. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, word of mouth, you don't have to pay anything. So that's great. And, um, but how do you expand, how do you plan to expand your business? Do you plan to um, make these products in retail stores across the nation? Or how do you plan to ex expand? We have expanded to the point that, and it happened very, very quickly. Um, the business was doubling in size every 18 months since its inception. Oh, wow. Um, and we are actually to a point where we are trying to stall some of that growth. Um, reason being, we are at a point now where there are only so many uh, that my herd of 70 goats can make. Um, we run out of milk and I can't milk any more goats. I, my ground won't support any more goats. Um, switching to using a powdered product, which I feel would be an inferior product, it would be the only way for us to continue to expand our total volume. And that's not a compromise we're willing to make. So at this point, we are actually pulling back as much as possible because uh, we're making somewhere around a quarter of a million bars a year. Oh, and wow. that's that's about all that the goat herd can handle. And it's about all that I can handle. Uh, I still, my family uh, still single-handedly milks all the goats. Um, and that's just, that's just all we can do. We don't want to get any bigger uh, as far as that goes. So kind of at an interesting point where we're going to have to make some decisions on, you know, if we were to try to take this national and let's say we wanted to, you know, pursue Walmart or something like that. Um, there would have to be some decisions made about, you know, the company and what kind of compromises we were willing to make. And honestly, at this point, we feel like the whole company was founded on the purity of our product and the ingredients and what we believe in. And I'm not sure that there's any amount of money that's worth changing that to accommodate. Yeah, because if you expanded, then you couldn't, it'd be harder for you to do fresh goat milk. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So, and that's absolutely. your whole, um, what you believe in. And so it's kind of at a point where it's like, it's great that you're getting like a lot of orders, but you're like, wow, this is way, way too overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely at a point where it's like, okay, we need to, we need to make some changes here, or we need to stop advertising and stop pushing as hard, um, and really decide where best to sell our products, um, and, and reach those customers, the ones that appreciate them, because honestly, Walmart customers are probably not going to appreciate what my product is as compared to the goat milk soap sitting next to it that's made with powdered milk. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Please support her by visiting her website at freerainfarm.com or her Etsy shop is freerainfarm.com and her Instagram is freerainfarm. And let me spell that out. F-R-E-E-R-E-I-G-N-F-A-R-M. Thank you for your time, Bethany, and you can email us at thinkmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this show. Bye.